passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. During the prime spring season, you need wholesome, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, more active days and keep you on track for reaching your goals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You're going to save time, you're going to eat well, and you're going to tackle everything on your to-do list. Too busy to cook this May? No problem. With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, the prepping, and all the cleaning up, too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in about two minutes. So all you got to do is just heat and enjoy. Then get back outside and soak up the warm weather. Factor offers delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles. From keto to calorie smart to vegan to veggie to protein plus. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients that you're going to need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals each week. But you got to head to factormeals.com forward slash Bubba40. Again, that's promo code Bubba40 to get 40% off your first box. That's code Bubba40 at factormeals.com forward slash Bubba40 to get your 40% off your very first box. Factor.com, promo code Bubba40. Hello. There the light goes. Welcome to the Anna Homo Show. Welcome to the weekend. Friday is always the best day. Everybody knows this. Friday is always the best day. And let me tell you why. Because the anticipation of the weekend is always better than the actual weekend. Most of the time. Unless, uh, you know, there's something spontaneous that happens that's exciting and fun. But for the most part, the anticipation of the weekend is is the best part. You think you're going to get to projects you never will. You're going to read books you you, you never do. Um, but in your mind, you're just like you have this perception of um, I'm sleeping in, but not too much. Going to catch up on on the rest. I'm going to get things done. Wake up early. Be that be that person that you see, you know, at 8 a.m. when you're um, when you're hungover, taking a piss and you look out your window for a brief moment and you see that athletic. Maybe it's a couple and they're just like super, super chipper. Um, I was leaving. I think it was it was Blitz's house. Not. It's not the house that I am questionable about. It was obviously Blitz's house I was leaving on Thursday morning. Um, I was just trying to think of what day it was, but it was 5.30 in the morning, and there was a very chipper couple, I would say probably around my age, maybe a little bit older. Oh, 
Brian from Philly $20 on the uh, YouTubes, on the Super Chat. Thank you so much. I'll be periodically looking, uh, but I don't want to just read chat because if I'm reading chat, then I'm not thinking um, the thoughts myself that need to come out so that I could give you guys a good show. Uh, but I saw a very chipper couple at about 5.30 in the morning, and it, it seemed like they were ending the run, which means they started at 5 and it was 100% dark outside, and I was like, ew, that's disgusting. And as someone who loves health, fitness, nutrition, um, all those sorts of things so very much, even I go, no, um, no thank you. I'm not a wake up and get it out of the way kind of person. I... It's weird because I know for most... Oh, Bright Farm, John's Island, uh, 1999 on the Super Chat. Thank you very much. Very much appreciate you. God bless. Um, Early morning workouts. I mean, unless it's your only opportunity. And I don't... I'm not going to make the whole show about health, fitness, and whatnot. Um, But you know what? Fuck it. There's a sports show. Why can't there be a health show? You know what I mean? Um, But I... I don't like to just knock it out first thing in the morning um, because to me, I actually enjoy working out and I enjoy going to the gym and I enjoy doing the jujitsu and to like knock it out feels like I'm disrespecting it. And again, if it's the only time you can work out, by all means, fucking do it. But for me, it's like something. Sometimes it's the highlight of my day. I know that sounds insane, but the less I've been going to the gym... Uh, which I have been because I've been going to uh, do the jujitsus. So I've been uh, weight training less, which I don't like, and I've been doing less, um, let's say, regular cardio. Uh, jujitsu is certainly, it's like hit training. It's it's pretty cardio intensive, but it's not like a run. You know, it's not like an elliptical. Not saying that those things are necessary for um, healthy uh, heart activity, but it, to me, it's 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 therapeutic. And if I'm barely awake and I haven't had my morning coffee, like I'm really not in the mindset to really reap the full benefits, mental benefits mostly of of working out. So, yeah, I've, I did the jujitsu um, in the morning one time at 6 a.m. because we had like a random Friday off and I went and I was like, fuck this. No, thank you. No, thank you. It's too early. My body hasn't woken up yet. And yeah, you knock it out. But then it's just like, did you really enjoy it to the full um, the full capabilities that you could have had you waited a few hours? Now, again, I know everyone's schedule is different. So do what you can. But um, I, I look forward to doing that sort of stuff. So back to the weekend plans. You know, I'm going to try to knock out an early morning workout. Because uh, tomorrow we're heading to uh, Sarasota. And by me, I mean me and my spouse, Blitz. You guys know him. Going to Sarasota to visit some friends. Um, the newlyweds ju- that just got married. Very interesting story about that. Um, met my friend who is the male of the partners in Michigan. And when he came to Sarasota, because he has a friend in Sarasota, and they've been friends far longer than he and I have been friends. And I I met her a couple years ago, very nice woman. 
And he, they were just friends. They'd been friends. They went to like med school together and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, he he came back to visit and he was living with her because she had just gotten out of some crazy breakup. And he was trying to get out of, he's from Toronto. I don't want to give too many details away, but he's from Toronto. And um, he decided to come to Florida to try to figure some things out. And he was kind of on an extended stay, but his... His visa was running out, and he was going to have to go back to Toronto to renew it. And um, I went to go visit him maybe like two months ago, two and a half, something like that. And he started telling me that, you know, he was starting to have feelings for the girl he was staying with. And he didn't didn't quite know where he stood, and he didn't want to, like, push the relationship because of the visa thing. Um, and he's like, well, what do you think? And I said, I much like the Crowder video, I go, well, I have to reserve judgment because I don't have enough information and you don't have enough information. So you need to go get information. And he told me that every time he would try to talk about something with this woman, that she would just kind of shut it down or, you know, it, it, it triggered her or something. And I go, well, fucking too bad. Like you got to know some things that you don't know in order to make a decision about whether you're going to stay in the States or go back home or, you know, just the the nature of your future. It's not like you're trying to be um, uh, a busybody or you're trying to be a nuisance or uh, I think my grandma, my softa would call it a nudnik, like someone who's just fucking annoying. You're not trying to be a nudnik. You're just trying to get some information that's necessary for you to make your next move. And um, he goes, okay. And so I remember dropping him off at the house and he texts me the next day and he's like, you know, I kind of pushed for more information. I'm like, great. And he's like, well, I think we're going to try this relationship deal out. I was like, awesome. And then maybe a week and a half later, maybe um, he's like, uh, we're getting married on Thursday. I'm like, what? Oh my God. That is insane. You are getting married. Um, and I think they've both kind of convinced themselves that this is like a, you know, a love marriage and it is, but it's kind of like a love marriage with a caveat, which is, uh, we're getting married for love and uh, citizenship, uh, visa purposes, which is in my estimation is really the only good reason to get married. I know you get some tax breaks and stuff like that, but, um, you know, I've, I've, I've stated many times my thoughts on marriage, not a fan and it's. Not really typical of um, a, a woman, especially a woman of my age, to be like, I don't like marriage. I don't I don't see the point. But I guess I kind of have a lot of hot takes about things. And I try to really unravel um, my opinions on things depending on um, I, I try to I, I try to remove myself from any sort of a, a emotional component of it. So, you know, I do I think marriage is good? And if you talk to somebody who's about my age, they may go, yeah, I want to, it just feels good. And I want the pictures and da, da, da. I go, okay. But like, what, what, what is really the point of the, of the wedding and, and the marriage? And to me, it's, it really goes, it's pretty antithetical to a lot of things that I value. Um, things I value government, not involved in my, in my personal affairs. And also I am not a religious person, as many of you know, so I don't see the point in uh, trying to make God happy, I guess. I just don't uh, don't care. So when you kind of combine those two things, you go, well, why? Why would you do that? And yes, the taxes and stuff like that, but that seems to be very unromantic.
um, reason to, to do it. And um, it's kind of freeing also to not have that sort of landmark of, you know, I need to get married by this age and that. So I feel like I've spent quite probably the last five to seven years of my life really unraveling um, what I should be doing or what is it? what I want from what I think I should want, which I realize are two very different things because when you ask someone what they want and they may surface level just tell you, oh, I want to get married, I want kids, da, da, da. Um, I want this job, I want to make this amount of money. And then you go, okay, but like, do you really? Or is or do you just think that, you know, everybody around you is kind of doing that, following that blueprint and you feel like you should follow in suit because that is the right thing to do. So I've kind of try to divorce myself from that way of thinking. So when I um, feel impulsive or pressure to do something and something big, you know, like a child or marriage or something like that, you go or even like buying a house and, you know, you look at your situation and you think, wow, my parents had a house and three kids and I got two cats that I don't even like that aren't even mine. And I live in an apartment or whatever the case may be. And you go, man, I'm just not hitting the landmarks. You know, when you are a baby, it seems like there's a week to week. And I'm not talking about in utero, but like when you come out of the puss, there there seems to be like a week to week or a month to month uh, set of landmarks that you typically start hitting between, you know, six and eight months. You can uh bobble your head and you know tummy time and all that so i i really know very little about child development i think most people do until they have a child and they have to start like paying attention and uh, the doctor tells them like this is how you fucking um feed a baby with your titty like i don't think that that's necessarily uh i don't want to say it's not intuitive but there's certainly tricks of the trade that you must learn from uh, at least a, a friend and maybe another woman or a medical practitioner, but uh, you you, you got to hit those landmarks. And if you don't start talking at a certain age, the doctors go um, haywire. Or if you don't start, I don't know, making eye contact, or it, then then the parents start to worry. But then probably around what? Maybe after puberty. You know, if you don't hit puberty, that's a problem. If you're 19, you haven't had a period, you got no tits, which I like have them, but they're just not big. So you know, please leave the comments. In the section to a minimum, but I uh, I think after puberty is when people just kind of lay off the gas instead in terms of landmarks. But then maybe the physical and biological landmarks are no longer as important, and then you start looking into like the social landmarks or the cultural landmarks of. You know, did you go to college? Do you have the job that you want? Are you making X amount of dollars by X age? Um, did you buy your house? Are you dating someone? Are you looking to get married? Are you looking to have kids? And those can put a lot that that can put a lot of pressure on any given person. So when you kind of realize that the pressure is really all, I mean, some families are worse than others, but a lot of it is just you putting pressure on yourself because you start to you look around. You kind of do the math, you average everything out, and you go, wow, it seems like everyone's kind of getting engaged at, at this age, and I'm I'm at home eating bonbons, like, this isn't this isn't good, what's wrong with me? You start to freak out, um, which is really counterproductive, because the more that you freak out, uh, the, the less you're able to get whatever you need to get done. If you start 
acting desperate, especially as a woman, say around age 30, uh, you know, people could smell that. It doesn't smell good. It's putrid. And nobody wants nobody wants to be around that. So you got to be you got to be careful. You got to be kind of at least seemingly unaffected to the public. Like, oh, I'm 36. This is fine. I'm single. It's fine. I wanted a family five years ago, but it's fine. Um, yeah. So anyways, back to the married couple. We're going to go. Uh, Blitz and I are going to go visit them as newlyweds, which is weird because last time I was there, you know, they were just friends. So it's really a great opportunity for me to go and put on my white lab coat, which is my favorite thing to do. I love getting intel. Uh, And I really do actually want to visit these people. But many times I've agreed to do social things with other people, not necessarily because I'm looking forward to the experience. Again, I am tomorrow. But oftentimes you go because you're like, I just I need to learn more. There's a lot of questions that are unanswered and I need to go and I need to put on the white lab coat and ask the right questions. And I practice my non-judgmental face, which is synonymous with my um, it's a feigned curiosity. It's not feigned because I am curious and I do want to know the answer to the questions. But the best way to ask a question and not seem judgmental, even though it's coming from a very judgmental place um is the curiosity like you kind of like furrow your brow and you just like kind of so and you also have to make that person feel like they are the most interesting person and you know you're you're fully engaged which is funny because so many people are wrapped up in their own lives or even and i'm sure we've all experienced this and don't do this if you're around me because it pisses me off um just like be on your phone in uh social situation now again if you're like hey i'm texting so-and-so because they got lost and they're on their way like that's fine but if you're at like a like like last year i went to a bridal uh bridal brunch i guess you could say it was like a bridal shower slash brunch but it was like very small it was only five women one of whom was getting married so the the five of us are all hanging out and the there's four of us that are like engaged we're talking we're we're yapping we're fucking gossiping we're just being like yenta bitches and then there was just this one chick who shall remain unnamed um she's not really a friend of mine but a friend of my friend and she was just on her phone the whole time like the entire time and we were there probably for about mm, 3 hours Three and a half hours. It was at Oxford Exchange, probably one of my favorite brunches of all time, just because it was such a picturesque um, place. I loved it. It was the stuff of fairy tales. It's like the the sister or cousin to the Peabody Library. I know a lot of you guys are not from the area, but you should be because Florida's awesome. Tampa's awesome. But the Peabody Library in St. Pete is 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 stunning, and it's just essentially a restaurant in a library. Go figure. And there's just books everywhere. And the aesthetic is just nice. Like just a place where you just want to open up and learn. Like there's something to be said for atmosphere and that place fucking has it. So Oxford Exchange is kind of like the Tampa version of that. And I would argue I like it even more. And when you have um, a spring brunch, it was probably just about a year ago. When you have a spring brunch and everyone's wearing floral dresses and you're in an atrium with like just the right amount of lighting and it's warm but not too hot 
and the champagne is flowing. Like, it's just a fucking vibe, and it's a good vibe. So that was probably one of my favorite brunches, but I I remember that it was five women, and on the end, next to me, was, we'll just call her uh, Susie Q. Susie Q was sitting on the end, and she was just mm, facing the phone, going, 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 um, not really contributing to the conversation. And again, that's okay for like a minute or two. Like, I get it. I think something was going on with her dog. But, um, you know, the whole three hours was just her on her phone, which is like just distracting. And then you like try to bring the person into the conversation because it's like awkward. Um, But then when they don't seem to be want, they don't want to be brought in and they want to bring you out of whatever you're talking about into their world. um, It's fucking annoying. So not sure I was going with this. I it's it's hard when you don't have someone to kind of like bring you back and be like, bitch, you were talking about this, but uh social interact oh right. So you wanna be you wanna go to a place to get intel. Just you not being on your phone and engaging them with your face, like looking at them and giving them eye contact, you are already like better than 80% of the people they're going to talk to at that event, no doubt, because most people are disengaged. They're talking about themselves. So if you can fully engage them and give them eye contact and listen to them when they talk, not just not talk, but like really like listen and look inquisitive, um, that is monumental because they're going to want to open up to you. And then uh, secondly, get them talking about themselves. Everybody likes talking about that. So that's usually my favorite way to get intel from people because I'm I'm extremely curious about people, most people all the time. I think people are are fascinating and that's part of the reason why I studied what I did in um in college with anthropology. Can't really do anything with it as like a career, so like I wouldn't recommend. But I don't even know if I would recommend college. Like I would recommend college if it wasn't so fucking expensive and left you with lifelong student loan debt. You know, if you can pay it outright, if mommy and daddy are rich, by all means, go to fucking college. Have a great time. It's super fun. You learn stuff, but like, whatever. I, you know, to me, and, and, and again, everyone's experience is different, but I, I, I was very fortunate to go to an amazing public school in Vista, California, North County, San Diego. And we'll give props. Rancho Buena Vista did an excellent job. They had an excellent, um, what would you call it, advanced placement program, I guess, honors program. And um, it was so fucking rigorous. And they made it seem like college was going to be so fucking hard. And I remember teachers just being like, guess what? Next year, no one's going to be holding your hand through this. you got to learn the skills now. Um, And... Instead of taking a class a day or two classes a day, you're taking seven classes a day because you got six or seven periods and you got homework from, you know, all your classes every day. Um, And so it was just a really rigorous program to prep you for college. So by the time I went to college, I was very lucky that I was I walked in as a sophomore, like with credits because I took all the, you know, whatever IB, AP tests and um, those count towards college credits. So I walked in. And went to UCSB, University of Casual Sex and Beer, and and really didn't engage in either of those two things. But that's neither here nor there. But I remember getting in and um, being like, this is fucking easy as shit. Whole, I can sleep in, A. I don't have classes on Thursdays, B. 
Um, everyone in my class is actually R, so that's fantastic. Um, I remember getting like an A plus on a, in a class that I I never went to, which was which was great, and I was very proud of that. And I would um, I was kind of a dick, and still am, but. I did have a roommate who would attend. It was like a site. I had finished all of my credits for everything, and I somehow missed a prerequisite, so I had to take Psychology 101, which I thought would be interesting. And it, like, was marginally, but it's, you know, you're just learning basic, uh, you know, this bias and this fallacy sort of stuff and whatever. You know, something that happens in your childhood can affect you in adulthood. Oh, my God. And I never went to that class, not once. And I did have a roommate that did go. And I'm like, hey, I'm not going to go to this class. You take notes. You take good notes. Can I just look at your notes? And she's like, yeah. She's like, you're not going to go. I'm like, no. No, thank you. And what was great was I had the textbook. I had her notes. And um, I remember they, like, posted all the grades and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I got a fucking 100%. And she, like, walked away with, like, an 83. She's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I'm like, man, this this... This memory is a steel trap. And that's really all it was. It wasn't really, especially with, with school and being good at school. And I feel like I can kind of do both. But um, being good at school is really just being good at memorizing shit. Really, there's really not a lot of, like, reasoning, rational reasoning. And I feel like a lot of people who are really dumb when it comes to street smarts can can excel in school tremendously. And so you, you kind of see the breakaway with with people who maybe didn't do well in school. And a lot of times because they just didn't try or they weren't interested. And then a lot of those times, and I'm sure we've all heard that story where it's like, oh, CEO fucking dropped out of school. Da, da, da. It's like, okay, I get it. Those are kind of uh, different things. Sometimes they hang together. Sometimes you can be studious and also street smart, business smart. But a lot of times they are um, very separated. And some of the least successful people I know um, did well in school because it was just kind of plug and play, you know, memorize this, take the test. Okay, I can do that. But then when you have to, like, think creatively and problem solve, I feel like oftentimes that's a very different part of the brain and not everyone has that that skill. So anyways, back to my original thing, weekend plans. We're talking about psychology. We're getting crazy, folks. Uh on Saturday, yeah, we're going to go visit this newlywed, and I will have my my white lab coat on in full effect because I I just, I again, I find people fascinating. And and I, I think I was listening to, I listen to so many podcasts every day, it's ridiculous. But it's just, to me, it's just like the best way to get like little tidbits of information from all different sorts of arenas of everything from what was I listening to yesterday the Pentagon papers leaking to self-development shit to jujitsu to keto and then it was like keto's great and then the next one I watched is like keto fucking sucks and stupid so I like you know really getting a, a breath of of knowledge on any given day so um yeah I like to listen to a lot of podcasts and again I've now forgotten where I was going with that. But just uh I like learning. Oh yeah, I was listening to something like Lex and he was had a guest on that said that like there's no normal. There's like no typical person because we're all our brains are so big and developed that there's essentially like an infinite amount of combinations that can lead you to become that leads you to become the person that you are. So y- your genetic makeup, your ingredients and then 
you factor in your life experiences, which is everything from like how your parents are to where did you go to school to your friends to whatever. And then God forbid, like something tragic happens, like you lose your best friend or uh, your your mom gets shot by her dad or something like that. That ha- Then that fucks up the brain. And then like the outcome. So let's just say you as a fully grown adult. And that's not to say that you don't continue to change and develop, but for argument's sake, let's just say you you become an adult at, I don't know, let's just say 21, 25, say, I think I heard something crazy like puberty lasts till 25. I don't know if that's true, but I heard it somewhere. Um, So let's just say 25, uh, like the hardware with the software, there's just like an infinite amount of combinations. So even though a lot of people, everyone is alike, obviously, in some regard, because Genetically, we're like 99.9% identical to each other. You know, most of us have two arms, two legs, a brain. Some work better than others. Um, We all experience emotions like fear and jealousy and sadness, happiness. Like, we're all familiar with that. But your makeup and how you process things and your anxiety and how smart you are. Like, there's so much variability that um, I I find it fascinating. So, I like to look at each person... Not that just as of, you know, someone who's annoying me or someone that you don't want to talk to at a dinner party. But I really try to, like, study you, especially if there's something interesting about you, like you did something offbeat or off colored. Like, how did you get to that? How did you become successful? How did you become so fucking weird? How did you, you know, like Jay, for example, when I'm like, you don't have cravings. He's like, no, I don't really get hungry very much i'm like that's odd how did that come to be because i feel like most people have cravings most people are a slave to their cravings whether they be food or um, any sort of other addiction maybe caffeine i don't know but for you to just like not crave food like that i've i'm like you're lying or there's something's wrong with you and i need to find out what it is and that's when I get my squinters on and I just try to figure you out because in my mind like the math didn't work out if the math does if I like get to know you and I and I I am friends with you or acquaintances with you and you aren't what I expected in terms of everything I know about you trying to think of an example off the cuff about something but um I feel like it, I'm drawing a blank because I'm on the spot. But if if something isn't if I like if if you're just like uh, you come from uh, this is I hate to use like a racial example. But if you come from like the hood and, you know, primar- primarily like black neighborhood and um, you were raised in a certain way and you were exposed to certain things and then you uh, become a vegan. Like what? Like how do? Like how do we get here? I, that didn't make sense. But everybody, your your culture likes, and this isn't a racist thing. Everyone shut the fuck. It's a cultural thing. It, you know, I like matzo ball soup. I grew up eating it. You know, if you're black, maybe you like fried chicken. I don't understand how that's like a racist thing. If you're Chinese, you like fucking Chinese food. That's okay. So when I meet people who are like Asian. Or they're uh, they're black and they are vegan. Like I'm like, whoa, that's unusual. How did we get here? How how did we how did how did you get all the things where this was such a big part of your culture? Uh, you know, eating 
ribs or barbecue or, or chicken, and then you are now an anomaly. You're, you didn't fit into the mold that I thought you would. That's not to say that I'm discriminating against you. I'm now curious, even more curious about you. How did you get to that point of being a vegan or you're a black guy and you love country music? It's just a little offbeat, and I'm curious. It, it makes me like you more because then I'm like, wow, you probably got a lot of heat for that. For being a vegan, they're like, oh, you fucking pussy. And also, like, how did you get that exposure? How did you even know that that was an option? Um, so that sort, of, that sort of thing. I think that's probably the, the best example I can come up with off the cuff. But those sorts of things um, make you an interesting person. And I would like to learn more about you and how you came to that conclusion. And that's usually when I put on the white lab coat and start taking notes, start getting intel, because I cannot be part of the CIA because A, I'm too old, and B, I'm t- too famous, unfortunately. Um, no, but seriously, like, they probably want you to keep more of a low profile. You shouldn't, they probably don't want someone who's been on the air saying that the CIA is a piece of shit, and they lie about a lot of stuff, and they drugged us in the um, the 50s to the 70s, with, you know, MKUltra and a few other things. Um, Operation, uh, what was it, uh, Midnight, something like that. Uh, they were giving acid to... John's in brothels. So, you know, when stuff like that happens and you start talking shit, you probably shouldn't talk shit about an agency that you may want to join. And also, I'm a pussy, and I'm a horrible liar, and I would start sweating, and if I was trying to be undercover, I would probably be the worst ever, Cuzzo. Let's take a few calls, because I've rambled now for an impressive, what, 25 minutes. Uh, Hello, who's this? Anna. What's up? Brian from Philly. How I, you doing? I knew I'm who it was. I'm going to lose reception, unfortunately. Okay. Hey, speaking of college, I think it depends on your major. I'm all for college, but if you have a bullshit major like psychology, yeah. you're not going to get anything with a bachelor's degree. I went for electrical engineering. I had the job before I graduated. My friends were business majors, psychology majors. How hard it I lost you. I lost you, and I and I appreciate you prefacing. You can call back, Brian, when you get better reception. Um, I know, I knew where you're going with that, and and yes, that is true. Like if you're doing, if you're doing, you sometimes you have to go to college if you want to become a doctor, and you have to get that bachelor's to get uh, into med school, or you want to get the bachelor's, so you have to. Go, I don't even know if you have to get a bachelor's to go to law school. You just have to get into law school. You probably can't get into law school unless you got your bachelor's. So I I understand some things you have to get the certifications. You got to get them papers. I get it. Um, psychology is, is I don't want to say it's useless. I hate saying education is use, useless because here's the thing. Like education comes in lots of forms. Some of it is um, going to school, getting a formal education. Some of it is Self-taught, where you decide to dive into books, podcasts, uh, reading articles online. So the the thing is, I'm not saying that it's useless. I'm saying, is it worth the cost of you know being a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars in debt, and now you have an art history degree? Um, college is very fun, though. College is very fun. I've at least where I went to school, I did meet people. Who went to shitty colleges, not shitty in the sense of they weren't prestigious, but shitty in the sense of, you know, they were commuter school. 
Um, being from San Diego, I had a lot of friends. I went to UC San Diego, which is a highly pre- prestigious school. A lot of great research comes out of there. Beautiful campus, beautiful campus, right on the water. Uh, I believe it's in La Jolla, technically, Torrey Pine, La Jolla, let's say. Uh, very close to the water, close to the aquarium, uh, great hospital nearby. I don't know if it's attached to Scripps, but close by. Um, fantastic. But it was a commuter school and it was boring as hell. And all of my uh, smarter, cooler, uh, not cooler, certainly not cooler, but let's just say friends that had better grades or they were more ethnic or whatever reason they got into UC San Diego, which was more competitive than UC Santa Barbara, they were always fucking trying to visit me. So I'm like, who really who really won here is what I would like to know. But it was... Um, certainly not the same as uh, maybe a place like Florida State. Here, Florida State's a, a great place to have a good time. Or Arizona State University, ASU, has a reputation for being a lot of fun. Um, but the those two schools didn't have what I have when I went to UC Santa Barbara. And that's a cool-ass place to live. Um, Santa Barbara is on the fucking water. The school is on the beach. You don't have that at ASU, and you certainly don't have that in Tallinnasty with uh, Florida State University. So, you know, it was probably a great party environment. But then if you take a party environment and then you combine like an awesome, like awesome real estate or geographic real estate, it's uh, it's unbeatable. There's just nothing. The fact that I was living, you know, like a like a, a rat packed into a an apartment with like seven other girls but we were living on the fucking cliffs, like on the cliffs. We were on the cliffs so much so that like one of our neighbors died because he like got drunk and tried to like run away from a taxi because they didn't have an Uber back then. But it was just like, oh shit, tried to hop the fence. Well, the hopping the fence ended up, you know, ending in a hundred, two hundred foot fall on the on the rocks. It didn't end well. So, um, and it was like right before graduation. It was like days before, you know. Um, it's like, and I think Anthony Jeselnik has like a, jo- a really dark joke about the, uh, Boston Marathon bombing and, and apparently it happened. Um, I don't really remember too many of the details about like where in the marathon it happened, but I believe it was towards the end, like the finish line. And he has like this bit. It's not like so funny, but it, it's, it's kind of dark and a little funny. He's like, you couldn't have bombed him like at the beginning of the race. <laughs> like they had to run fucking 26 miles, 26.2 miles, and then you decide to kill them? Like, that seems rude. It was the same kind of thing when this kid died, like, right before graduation. It's like, man, maybe it would have been better if he went in as a freshman instead of working his ass off for four years only to die literally the week before graduation. It just seemed rude. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely value education and um, it was certainly thrust upon me by my family. There was no such, there was no option not to go to college in my family. It wasn't like, oh, are you going to go to college? That was, no one even asked me that. No, my grandparents didn't ask me that. My parents didn't ask me that. It was simply, which college will you be attending is the question, not if you're going to college. That was not an option. Both my parents were college educated um, and you know, in their defense, the boomers, they didn't know what was coming. They didn't know that a college degree would become useless because when they were growing up, coming up in the 70s and let's say 80s, um, but mostly 70s, 
a college degree was useful and meant something and you could get a degree and then get a job that paid actual money and you could um, survive, I guess, on a one income house or, you know, a one income household where only one person was going to work and mom could stay home and take care of the kids and you were able to buy a house for, I don't even remember, uh, 60 grand or something, you know, something that seems unfathomable in this market in this day and age. But that that's that was their blueprint. So they told us, hey, if you want to be successful, you got to go to college. And then I went to college and then I worked you know, at a gym and I had friends who got their MBA and with the 2008 crash, um, maybe they got a job and then they were laid off one month later. It was we could, my generation, especially like my year of, uh, of kids who graduated in 09, really got the short end of the stick because we entered the workforce just as people were getting laid off. So, you know, who are you going to fire? The person that's been there for 10 years that knows what they're doing or the person that just started like a month ago. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you, you, there's maybe there's an argument that you could keep the person who's been staying a month because they'll work for less. But more. Have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves. How much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only 15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family and at mint family start at two lines use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts switch to mint mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba that's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And... 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Likely than not, my generation kind of got shafted. We had no nothing saved up. And I think it was something crazy like millennials around my age, I think it was like 80% of them after college moved back home, which I did for, no, I wouldn't say a brief amount of time, but for uh, an amount of time before I went traveling. And then when I came back, I lived with my parents for a year and a half. So, um, and that was just kind of expected. That was what we did because we're like, oh, the, you know, it was kind of like the pandemic excuse where it's like, oh, I can't get a job. The pandemic, it was a similar sort of thing around people my age where it's like, oh, I can't get a job because fucking, you know, the OA the recession. It was like the recession. So a lot of people went back to school, me being one of them. And I'm like, let me get more education under my belt to not use and come to Florida and tell dick jokes, which I did not need um, a graduate degree for. But, you know, you live and you learn. It's one of... I wouldn't even call it a mis- it a mistake because had I not decided to get a graduate degree, I would not have moved to Michigan. I would not have moved to Detroit and I would not have hated my life and I would not have then been so, I wouldn't say miserable, but so bored that I decided to try something completely out of the ordinary and that thing was radio. So grateful that it led me to here to talking to you guys. Um, I, I certainly don't believe everything happens for a reason in the ethereal God has a plan sense. I mean, things happen for a reason. You know, you went to grad school because you felt pressure, not because God had a plan for you. At least, again, that's my estimation. Um, believe what you may. But I definitely think that education is important but it doesn't necessarily have to come from college it doesn't necessarily have to come from a teacher you could be self-taught i think it's great to teach people how to how to how to learn themselves how to teach themselves you know you don't want to just give a man a fish you teach him how to fish and then he can fish for the rest of his life but that's not very profitable when you teach people how to do things for themselves so i also understand as part of the scam that they want you to go to these schools that become more and more like resorts you don't need an olympic style pool you don't need a lazy river you're you need to go to math class ho you need to go to physics and you need to go to econ and learn that shit but you know the colleges and the universities kept keep getting more money and each person thinks they need to get a college degree to be successful and it keeps driving up the prices and they're in bed with the government yada yada so it just becomes a huge mess and then people like me are forever beholden to um being in debt we're never going to get out of it and to be honest with you i feel like i probably should be more concerned than i am because I just don't care. What am I going to do? I don't have $200,000 or I think it's actually close to $100,000 in student debt. What, what am I going to do? I, I I can't pay it, so I'm not going to freak out about it. And although it is crippling in a lot of ways, it is um, comforting to know that many, 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 many other people are in the same situation. So, you know, as in my calculation, we can't all be fucked. We can't all fail, Right. Um, and I'm just hoping that, you know, even if I have to hold on to this debt forever, it'll just die with me. So that's the goal. That's the American dream is that your debt dies with you. All right, let's take some calls. Hello, who's this? 
Hi, Anna. Good morning. I love the show, Anna, by the way. Oh, thank you. Who's this? Who do I have the pleasure of oh, My name is Alfredo. Alfredo. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. You know, like Alfredo sauce? Yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just about to ask, like the creamy, delicious sauce. Okay, Alfredo, what's right, up? Right. So, listen, so the reason I wanted to talk to you is because I've been meaning to call you for a while is because when you started talking about fasting, if I may change the subject a little bit. Yeah. Uh, when you started talking about fasting, I, I was so happy for you because fasting really is the way to go when it comes to health. Right. And to lose weight. Yeah. And so, the, the, real quick, I, um, you know how fun about fasting was because about five years ago, I go, uh, uh, I was well, on Netflix and I searched for the for fasting. And there was this show, I don't remember exactly the name, and and there was this uh, UC, UC, UC professor okay. was, uh, that was studying fasting on mice. And he found, uh, so he had 20 mice, 10 mice, 10 mice, he put them under, um, they were fasting. And, and 10 mice, he gave them as much food as they wanted to eat. Right. And then the old 20 mice, uh, he gave them, he gave them uh, um, uh, what is the drug, Anna, that they take for when you have cancer to cure you from cancer? What's it called? Oh, chemotherapy or? Chemotherapy, yeah. Okay. So, so he put old 20 mice. Yes, yes. He he put all twenty mice in, in, in chemotherapy, and all the ten the ten mice that were fasting, oh, they all survived. And the ten mice that 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 ate whatever the hell they wanted, they all died. Mm. So 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 it's a big it's a big, big study that the professor made, mm-hmm. and and showing the benefits of fasting. Was that when so, you were convinced that you wanted to try it for yourself, or yeah, or was yeah, there more? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely, and I've been fasting for for a couple of years now, and and I can tell you that you know it's better when you don't eat in the mornings. Yeah, because you're same. alert. Yep. Yeah, and and, and you're not you know sleepy, or, uh, because you don't have full coma, and because your body simply is not making insulin. Yes. Really is yeah. What makes makes you sleepy and 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 drowsy and lazy. Yeah. Insulin. Yeah. The, the crashes is, I think, what you're yeah. referring. Yeah, because you you get a big spike. Maybe you get a boost of energy when you have you know the pancakes in the morning, but 45 minutes later you're fucking struggling to stay awake. And be, and it's because your body's making insulin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all I want to say. I mean, it's very important, and I'm glad that you're bringing it up to to Baba Army's uh, audience, so that way that they're aware. The benefits of fasting. Yes, yeah. And, and my favorite thing about fasting, Alfredo, is, because I'm Jewish, is that it's free. You know, you oh, don't yeah. have to, you don't have to, you don't have to buy anything. You just have, it's literally just do, do less. Do less. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> do less. You know? That's another thing. It's incredible when you find yourself saving money because you're simply not eating breakfast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. On average, because, you know, uh, I, um, I'm a professional, so I, um, I work every day. Well, except for weekends, you know. Sometimes uh, in the old days, I wanted, uh, my favorite meals were like pancakes or or uh, toast. Right? Oh yeah. And, and then I was spending about ten, fifteen dollars uh, in for breakfast. And then can you imagine when you add that up? Okay, I mean it adds up. All the savings add up, you know. So absolutely. So yeah, and then I realized, wait a minute, all this sugar is killing my body slowly but surely, you know. So it, anyways, I mean sugar really is. Sugar's the devil, yeah. The devil, yeah. yeah it really it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, excess me, refined sugar is, is is no good, no good. Yeah, to me, Anna, to me, sugar is worse than, than alcohol. I agree, know? I agree. And and the thing about 
the thing about alcohol, at least it has a bad rap. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, you're like, we were making fun of a Lummy today. Oh, you're an alcoholic. That's not good. But for people who eat, you know, uh, uh, donuts every day or, you know, eat sugar, oh, go to man. McDonald's, like no one is is saying like, you're a bad person. Like what a vice. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, well, it's quick. It's easy. You know, it, there's not the same stigma. And what I'm saying is we need to be harder on these people. We need to be more judgmental and less forgiving and say, you got a problem. You're an addict. So, yeah. But what do you do? I know, but what do you do when a mother thinks that sugar, you know, gives sugar to the kids? Huh? Yeah, I'm a big, as someone who's not a mother and not a doctor, I got a lot of opinions on things. And one of them is if I had children, I would not be Ooh. giving them children's food. They should eat, granted, after they can eat, you know, solid food. You know, don't give wait, this wait to a minute, a... but Anna, will you give, it, will you give your kids uh, the world, Anna's world-famous uh, cupcakes? Uh, occasionally. Listen, I'm not trying to abuse my kids by never letting them try cake. I mean, that's rude. But as far as like if we were to sit down as a family and have dinner, um, I wouldn't be making the kids mac and cheese, you know, craft mac and cheese while I ate uh, vegetables with uh, salmon or what? Not that I even eat fish, but like whatever, eggs and sure. salmon and fish or and, and veggies, things that are considered healthy, whole foods. I wouldn't be giving my kid uh, grilled cheese with a side of uh, mac and cheese and a pop tart. Like, and it's go well, like oh well, that's for kids. It's like well, no, it, we're all humans, and that's bad for all humans. So let's not give a developing mind a bunch of. Pop-Tarts and sugary cereals like Fruit Loops. That's not good for them. And also, as a parent, when you give your kid a lot of sugar, apparently they get kind of crazy. So I think it's probably, you know, and I know that ADHD and stuff is is overdiagnosed and, and and some of that is just being a kid yeah. i think having high energy but i don't think that a high sugar high processed food diet is helping kids focus and be more um subdued and yeah. attentive that's probably and not helping that's bad, uh, uh, anna if i may interrupt another thing that's yeah. bad is the carbs carbs a lot carbs. of carbs is not good because they turn into sugars they sure do and sugar is yeah. the devil yeah, hey, Diablo. How's, how's your boy Blitz? How's Blitz is doing great. Thank you guys so much for asking about him. He's doing really well. Um, you know, he's just kind of on a on a on a different path now, doing things. I, I was very sad to see him go. I know a lot of people were, um, but he's doing great and he's around. He's on Instagram, so you know, reach out to him. I think it's like Blitz K. Uh, I'm not on the gram anymore, but I think you know, as much as I hate hate to see him go, I think you guys made the right decision because you know, eventually Baba's going to retire, and you guys are young. So, uh, so you're saying it's best that Blitz got out while he still could because this is a di- a sinking ship. <laughs> is that what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. Oh no, Mayday! So, no, no, I'm kidding. No, no. No, Bubba's going to be around for a while, but, you know, eventually he's going to retire. He's going to take a lick, yeah. yeah. What do you think it's well, going to be? I don't know if he's going to take a lick, but he's going <laughs> to... Oh, he's going to take a lick. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no, I hope he doesn't take a lick for a long, long, long time, and it, same here. he's doing same great. Here. I'm, I'm one of the few people that pay for the show, Anna. Yes. That's, that's, God that's bless you. The show. Uh, that's, one, that's one way that I support the show. Thank you. Hey, Alfredo, I appreciate you. Thank you for calling in. And confirming everything, you know, that I've been talking about, because fasting, uh, fasting is the way to go. It is. Yeah. It's no way well, around it. Good one, Anna. All right. You too, Alfredo. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.
Um, I do not want to interrupt Alfredo by saying that Brian from Philly, another $10 on the uh, Super Chat. Thank you so much. I wonder if one of these is Brian from Philly. Let's take this one. Hello, who's this? Hi. Hey. Hey, it's, it's South Tampa. I, I was going to talk about fasting, too, but Alfredo <laughs> stole my thunder. But, yeah. Um, it, it is. It is. Uh, it's, it's been life changing for me. It's just it's just made things actually kind of easier. I don't really think about more convenient when you don't have to plan as much. Yeah. For and food. I, mean, I travel for work and stuff. And knowing that, you know, uh, you have to just be conscious. You have to you have to like think about it a little bit. But I have to think about what I'm going to wear tomorrow. Too. Sure. Sure. Like, like the, the end of the the end of the uh, the world. Um, hopefully, your friend who's from Toronto is not a Leafs fan. Um, a Leafs, so, a Leafs. Fan oh, a Leafs. I believe he is. He's big okay. a Raptor fan, right? Are those that's the basketball team? A fuck about the NBA. I mean, are you serious? Okay. I mean, usually, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did. I did. I didn't mean to upset you. Is it a shitty team? I don't. I don't know anything about it. The Raptors used to play, actually played a season down here because, you know, Canada had ridiculous COVID rules. Um, mm, I see. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Oxford Exchange, as you mentioned, idyllic. I hate going there. I hate brunch, but it is absolutely, when I get there, it's kind of like taking me to a play. I, like, fight it, and then I get there, and I'm like, that was not that bad. That was pretty cool. Did you maybe and, even uh, enjoy it? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. not a breakfast guy. Mm. Uh <laughs> but you do brunch. You do brunch around lunch. But yeah, I don't like. But, I get um, it. It's but, it's a, it's mostly a chick thing. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, and 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 I, you know, I, I definitely miss Blitz, and certainly, um, thanks for the help with the uh, with the uh, with the fasting. It's oh, my pleasure. Unreal. Thank you. I know. Um, yeah, I, and I really, I I hate to kind of adopt the same model as you know, a prisoner that's gotten out and now has accepted Jesus and wants to spread the gospel. But that's really how I feel is this has worked so incredibly well for me. It's so effective and it works so quickly and reverses a lot of problems very quickly that I was like, the people need to know that it's just stop eating. Just stop doing it for a few more hours and you're going to feel so much better. So. Well, I talk to people about saving for, for retirement, and that's, like, one of those things as well, like, where, you know, like, if you go to your doctor and they say, like, oh, you just need to eat less, right? Well, you just need to save more for retirement. Like, well, but how do you get there? Right. How do you do that, right? Yeah. Like, it's really simple. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so it is, but it's it's getting in the habit of it. And once you get in the habit of it, you don't get to, like, Thursday morning, I, I would guess, and say, oh, my God, I haven't brushed my teeth all week. Right. Uh, same situation with 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 this so yeah uh just i think it's uh uh i, I we definitely need a bobby Bob army <laughs> fasting team t-shirt i know a support group and, and it's as funny as, yeah <laughs> go ahead as soon as he if he did it he would be uh i mean like full on he would be all about it and i because it's it, it's easy but with 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 his mix in of uh his two four six and all that and the, it's and it's a it's a horrible schedule that you have to do working mo- uh, mornings so and especially for Bubba like I am not Bubba wakes up at two fifty I am not waking up two fifty I have to be here okay. at six I'm getting up today I was out of bed at like five fifteen five twenty but as you could tell I really don't you know spend a lot of time on the appearance and the clothes and stuff so I am literally out the door in fifteen minutes so yeah more sleep yeah well, cool. yeah have, have a have a great have a great weekend. Thank you. You as well. 
appreciate you. Appreciate you. Um, and he made a, he made a really good point about like people telling you like what you should do, but they don't really kind of like walk you through. Um, hey, Mike Terry, am I saying that? Five dollars on the super chat, hundred percent correct. Donna, only offer your uh, kids good, healthy foods. Um, they know no different. My kids absolutely enjoy everything healthy. That is the way to go. You know, and it's one of those things where if you don't present it as an option, like you're you're not like, hey, would you like uh, grilled cheese on white bread or fish and veggies? If you give them the option, they'll probably always want, you know, the mac and cheese, the processed shit. But if you just go, this is what we're having for dinner, learn to love it, kiddo. Um, I think you'll probably have a lot more success. But again, this is coming from someone who's not a parent not a doctor so and not a nutritionist really i'm really not anything at all i have a the highest degree i have is a bachelor's in physical anthropology so take it uh for what it is but what's great about fasting you know when you when you go on like a like a standard diet where it's like you know reduce your calories from 2000 let's say 2500 to 2000 or 1700 um that sucks because i feel like you're just like white knuckle gripping it like you're hungry you're fighting all these uh unpleasant feelings and you're like you feel like you're never full but what i would tell people with fasting like before i would even tell them you know to eat cleaner is listen you can eat everything that you want eat exactly the same things that you're eating but just close that window like i'm not telling you not to do something i'm telling you to just hold off a little bit longer um, what you'll see is you'll actually just, there's a few things in, that come into play. One being insulin. Um, so you're having less crashes, so you're more alert, which is nice. And then when you have that drop in insulin, what, what's, what do you do when you're crashing? You reach for a cookie or a soda or something to, to get energized again. And then it's just this, you know, unfortunate cycle of ups and downs and ups and downs. But if you can kind of stabilize your insulin levels, a, you're going to be, less hungry because you're not going to be crashing and you'll have more energy because you won't be having those uh, those drops. But also when you kind of just put off food until a smaller window is that you will inevitably eat less because it's very hard to eat such a huge vault. If you were to if you were to condense everything that you eat from breakfast and all the and, and lunch, dinner and all the snacks in between and condense it into one meal, you're probably not going to be able to consume all of that. Because your stomach shrinks and you're going to get fuller a lot faster. So it kind of works. Um, it's a it's a triple-edged sword, as Bubba would say. So on one flank, you're getting um, you're 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 not getting the the bad effects of insulin spikes and drops because insulin is a hormone that tells the body to store fat, store energy. <clears throat> so when you have a lot of insulin coursing through the body, uh, you're really not burning any fat in that state. So that's number one. Number two, you're not having those drops. And in those drops, you might find yourself, you know, doing different behaviors like grabbing the cookie or the soda. And then thirdly, because you're fasting and the stomach kind of shrinks, you're not going to be able to eat quite as much when you do have your one meal or two meals within a three to four hour period. You're not going to be able to consume as much. So you're just going to be, you know, the calories in calories out deal. So you're really hitting it from all angles, from the hormonal angle, from the uh, caloric deficit angle. And it's, and also, you're just going to be fucking less bloated, dude. Like, that's the best. Because I know that when I first started working here, I was bloated all the time because I was having breakfast at 4.30 in the morning, you know, and then I have a snack because I get tired, and I was having lunch around noon one, and then I was having dinner around 
637 and it was just with snacks in, in between and it was just getting ridiculous and I was always hungry all the time because I was always having these fucking insulin crashes so when intermittent fasting walked into my life you know even though it had been around for a long time um I was like wow this is just a it's a lot easier because <clears throat> I have to plan less B, I'm less bloated. C, I have more energy. I'm like, there's really no downside. Maybe you're just, the adjustment is a little difficult at first. I'm not going to lie to you. You might be hungry because that's fucking normal, but you just got to kind of retrain the body to not be triggered by, oh, like I would wake, I would literally wake up, even if I was stuffed from the night before, wake up, look at the fridge and get hungry because like the fridge was like a cue to eat. And now it's not. Now it's like, okay, I could look at the fridge, whatever, and I'm not hungry. Whereas before it was because it was like, oh, it's morning, fridge, time to eat. You know, that sort of cue was setting off um, a signal to my brain to say it's time to uh, take in some food. But you go, hey, bitch, hold off. You're fine. So now I feel like I exercise less. Obviously, I eat less frequently. I probably eat less volume. And the weight, you know, not that I had that much weight to lose. I didn't. I was never fat. But I'm just saying, you know, I I like to have a slimmer, leaner look and a slimmer, slimmer, leaner look. And um, I just feel like I I, I kind of um, was not going in that direction when I first started working here. So now everything's everything's good. We can talk about fasting all day. Um, I'd love that. But I did kind of probably should be heading out soon. I do have I got a cake to bake. Um, for, from a girlfriend, you know, we talk about fasting, eating healthy and all this bullshit, but I do love baking and, um, got to bake a cake. So I do need to kind of run home because we got a little, uh, we got a little get together. Hopefully she's not listening because this cake was supposed to be a surprise. So we'll see. Um, it was funny cause I saw this chick, she's my best friend, um, on Sunday for brunch and you know, we're all drunk and 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 one of the girls proposes, like, her birthday was yesterday, so happy birthday, girlfriend. I don't know if you want people to know your name, but happy belated birthday. And um, one of the girls was like, let's get together at your house, because she just bought a house with her husband. Um, let's get together at your house on Friday. And I was, you know, drunk, like, I'll bake you a cake. I'm like, what do you want? You know, thinking, I gave her two options. I said, you want vanilla? You want chocolate? You know, or if there's something else that is a, ca- a pre-made cake mix, you like lemon, that's fine. Same plug and play. And this bitch had the audacity to say marble. She likes marble cake. I go, you got to be fucking with me right now. Now you're making me dance, do all these fucking dances. Now I have to get two cake mixes and fuck you. Um, but we're making a marble cake. I figured it out. I found some cocoa powder in my uh, in my pantry. So I realized it was like, it, it occurred to me the next day I didn't have to buy a second uh, cake mix box. I could just separate the batter and then put cocoa mix in one and then fucking do the thing with the stuff and we're rolling. It's good times. Um, so yeah, that is the uh, the plan for today, which I'm very excited about because I love, I love little get togethers with my friends. You know, I never used to really value that sort of thing when I was a bit younger because I was like, I need to be on drugs or drunk or at a, a concert or something big. If it wasn't uh, super highly stimulating, I wasn't wasn't interested or I, I, I didn't really like look forward to it. And that's one of the many gifts that Michigan gave me, Detroit Living gave me, especially during the wintertime, um, was, well, obviously the biggest thing was radio, but the second thing was... Um, 
appreciating the little things. You know, when when you're used to going to clubs and doing Molly all the time and going to Vegas and I was doing a lot of fun stuff, you know, around the age of uh, 24, 25. That's probably my, my biggest party years and college. So, you know, 18 to 22. But and also Australia, basically for seven years, I was a drunk, uh, drug addled maniac. Um, but when I went to Michigan, I couldn't leave the house many times because there was a lot of snow and it wasn't safe to drive and there's something about really cold weather that doesn't make you want to shake your ass. You're just like, I need to hibernate. So if I were able to get out of the house during the winter months and I could just meet a friend for coffee, like that was such a huge deal to me. And I started to realize that, hey, this is really awesome. I don't need to go to a club and get ready and spend, you know, 40 to $60 on drinks to have a good time. I could literally find myself at the neighborhood coffee shop with a friend drinking, you know, a a, a dollar 25, uh, let's be real, a 275 cup of coffee and have a more enriching experience where I was sitting there for maybe three or four hours just talking to a friend about, um, you know me, I like to get deep. I don't like to, you know, you, you gossip and you talk about the light stuff, the weather, but with me, especially with the people I was rolling around with at that time, in my the people in my cohort, we were really discussing, you know, when you start studying sex, mating and dating, it become like all um, encompassing, like everything you start talking, you start throwing out theories. And maybe it is the case that like, why would a really good looking man go for someone who was a haggard old bitch? Like, why? Why would that be that? What, what is that? What is that? What is that tickling? What psychological mechanism is that ticking tickling? That is the anomaly kind of circling back to. What I was talking about before when it just it doesn't add up, you know, you're from the hood. How are you a vegan? How did how did we come here? Doesn't add up. I need to learn more. Same sort of thing where, you know, we would sit at the coffee shop, say. And I remember one time there was I don't know why they were in Rochester Hills, Michigan, but it was was during summertime. I think this guy rolls up short as shit. Nice car. I couldn't tell you what the fuck it was because I don't know cars. But let's just say it was like a Porsche or a Ferrari or something. And out on the other side of the car pops a really hot young chick with huge tits. And you go, that makes sense. Like, he's older. He's he's balding. He's short. He's rich. He's got this car, obviously. And he's got a hot chick. That makes sense. Case closed. No further questions. And then you'll see something that you're just like, what? Where maybe you see a good looking guy maybe in his 30s, and he's with a chick who is gross. And your brain, and especially someone who study, was studying this sort of stuff at the time, you you notice it, you take notes, and then on the next coffee date, and a date doesn't necessarily mean a date, but um, the next coffee uh, meeting I had with someone from my cohort just to meet up and chat, this was the sort of stuff that would get brought up. Why is it the case that this would happen. Everything in our evolutionary record is telling us that this is not how men are wired or this is not how women are wired. Why is she going for someone who is, you know, uh, drunk, broke, ugly? I mean, but then you go, okay, she maybe she was abused and that's all she knows and that's what she thinks she deserves. But then especially like with men, men who have options, um, I feel like, you know, they talk about no one has more power than like a young pretty girl. It's like, yeah, but 
um, the shelf life is so small that I would say the people who yield the most power um, over time is like an attractive, um, successful, smart man. Like those, are, I think, are far more rare than just like a pretty girl because you know girls can be pretty when they're young, and obviously with with makeup and a push up bra, um, you can accomplish and and some titties, you can accomplish a lot as a young person. But you know, around the age, and I'm not saying that as soon as you're 30, you're useless. But you know, let's just talk about this in biological evolutionary terms. But you know. The sexual market value of a woman goes down fast, you know, because the guy who's my age, who's 35, going to be 36. And if he's tall, uh, good looking, smart and is making money, he's not going to want someone who's my age. He's going to want, you know, the 21 year old who's super hot in her prime sort of a deal. So and that lasts a lot longer. So, you know, a guy who's. Even in his 20s, if he's making money to a guy in his 50s or 60s making money, like he's going to be pulling really hot chicks. And it seems like men, as they grow older, oftentimes, the, you know, the more successful they become, the more success they have with women. Uh, that's just kind of the nature of the game. So I would say that those men are far more rare than just like a hot chick that, you know, goes to UT and is on the volleyball team like that. That's probably going to fade a lot faster. But anyways, forgot how we got here. 81390Bubba. Oh, John Kosteka, 1999 on the Super Chat. Thank you um, so much. God, I really want to know where I was going with the age deal, but we'll take a call. Hello, who's this? Hi, it's Joe the Supermark, still fasting. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. How are you feeling? I'm getting better by the second. I found out that with less food intake, you also produce less waste. So that's beneficial. Yeah, you'll shit less. That, that'll that throw you off, especially if you're used to going to the bathroom every day like I was. Sometimes it'll go a day. Uh, like Sometimes it's like two days a week or maybe even three where I don't poop the whole day. And at first that used to be alarming. But much like you said, you're just you're consuming less. So it's going to be a, li- a little less predictable, I would say, your bowel. And then, you know, like what Bubba's doing, where now you just wait until you absolutely have to go, they don't have to force it, and it all just falls out nice and easy. Yes, and yeah. That wonderful, but that's not, what, that's not why I called. I, I actually called because, number one, I just want to say, your incessant ranting sounds like what's in my brain all day long. Yeah. Just constant topic <laughs> to topic to topic, just flowing, right. flowing, flowing. It's flowing. very stream of and consciousness. It, and it's amazing. Yeah, thank you. And, um... So so along this, I have a comment on the college deal. I have a comment, but I just want to comment on what you were just saying. Yeah. I worked in a liquor store from 14 years old, worked at the redemption center. 18, I could bring the register. 21, I became the manager. Right. And I got out of that business at 30. And I honestly thought at 30. Now, this whole time, I was with one girl from like 17 to 30. And for 13 years, we were together. One same old girl. And I honestly thought at 30, it was done. I would never meet another girl. I really? Any other opportunities, and all the while, all the only thing I wanted was a Puerto Rican girl. That's all <laughs> I wanted so much. So then, in, in 2011, my girlfriend of forever finally decided to move back to Michigan, Detroit, with her family, and. I just started meeting hot girls. Yeah. Once I got into Kirby, once I started selling vacuums. Yeah. And I would literally get every single hot 20, 21 year old girl 
And yeah, everyone thinks that I had to pay him or ply him with drugs. <laughs> they didn't even know I had drugs or money. And you had both. All I had was, all, all I had was oh yeah, but all I had was confidence at yep. first. Yep. The confidence enough to go and talk to them. Yep. And that's more than most because most people don't even, most a lot of men don't even try. So. Right. And I hear so many compliments and I always ask girls, what's your favorite thing about me? And I always think they're going to say my beautiful blue eyes. I'm fishing for that compliment. Yeah. But they say, oh my God, your presence. It's like when you walk in a room, it's like God walked in a room or your hands. You have such nice hands. You, you ask women, what's your favorite thing about me? Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's balls. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Hey, like on the first date or, you know, you've been dating them. No, no, no. Once, once, once time has gone on okay. and I realize that they're, 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 they're smitten with me. Gotcha. All right. I just want to know, like, it's, to me, it's more of just like, a, let me put on my white lab coat for a second. I got you. Figure out what's going on. Here. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's awesome. Just, you just cut into the chase. Not not being around the bush. College, and, then, and then as far as college goes, if you don't mind me mentioning that, I never had time for it. I was too busy working, and I didn't want to pay for it. So I didn't go. But lo and behold, by 35, I was owning and operating my own business. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's not such a bad thing not to go to college. No, a lot of people are ahead of the game because they have a lot of times when you apply for jobs after college, they want work experience. And guess what you have? None of that. So they want someone who's maybe been working for seven years. And that's the person who went to high school, completed, got their uh, GED or their high school diploma and then got a job. And they're getting promoted to manager while me, you know, I got to start at bottom level, Willie, because I got no job experience. But I did. I do have a a degree in, in art history. Which is useless, and that's why so. you can you can work for someone else to make their dreams come true, or you can work for yourself to make your own dreams come true. It's your option. There you and my go. Grand finale question, Anna. Yeah. Everyone's been asking about Blitz. How's Blitz? Where's Blitz? Where's Blitz? I want to know about you because uh, I'm watching you, and I want to know how you are. I want to know how you feel in the studio without him to bounce off of, or without being able to see him during the commercial breaks. How's your attitude? How how are you being affected? Are you being affected at all? Yeah, of course I'm being affected, and of course I miss him, and of course I want him to be here like a lot of the uh, the listeners do as well. But I am also um, I'm also pretty good at, at accepting what is. So if there's a situation, hoping and wishing it was different, you know, it doesn't really get you very far. So I go, okay, once I, you know, learned what you guys learned, that he wasn't going to be working here anymore. I go, yeah, that really sucks. And it, it took, took a couple of days to kind of process and accept. But then once you accept that, you go, okay, well, what, how, do I, how do I become successful with this new arrangement? And I think that's kind of like what we all have had to do. And especially Rhett and Lummy who've had to, you know, and, and, and Minnie Mach. Yeah, but um, uh, Lummy and Rhett had to absorb a lot of blitz's responsibilities and they've been doing great with it you know it's kind of like okay they could be you know dragging their feet and going oh i wish i didn't have to do this and that and and you also really appreciate the sadly you appreciate the person once they're not there anymore because you're like fuck you were doing all of this shit like goddamn you know i have to absorb a few more tasks and lummy does and Rhett does and so um you, you you certainly appreciate someone and feel them when they're not there but you know, after a few days of, of processing, like, man, this is different. This sucks. You go, okay. I mean, it is what it is. And how do we, how do we move forward? So I think that's kind of my, 
how I have, have apply a lot of things in my life where it's like, okay, it, it, what is it? it? We could we could wish all day what we wish it could be or, you know, what it could be or what it was, but what is it? And then from there, you just kind of, you know, execute. Right. I always say leaders focus on solutions and the other people let them focus on the problems, problems, problems all the time. Right, right. I'm going to say, here's our solution. And God just told me to tell you, I know you don't believe in them. That's fine. But God just told me to tell you that maybe Blitz not being there and you being there doing your thing, maybe now when you get to come together again, like at the in the afternoon or the evening, whenever you see them, yeah. isn't that so much better? I mean, yeah, certainly distance makes the heart grow fonder. Um, I still see him like almost every day, which is fantastic. But you're right. It is this like added level of excitement when I haven't seen him all day. And it's like, oh, there he is. It's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I, that's definitely a silver lining is that it makes the time that we do have together uh, more special for sure. So well, I know Blitz ribbed me a lot and, and uh I, I always loved him because he always said what I was thinking. Yeah. So anytime there was a topic, I never had to call because he already said what he, he already said. got it. He already had it handled. Yeah. yeah. That's that's He's my awesome. man. I love him. That's my man. I love him, and I know you love him, and yep. we wish him nothing but the best. And thank, thank you. This is your second show, and it, and it seems like you were doing this 100 years. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, truly. God bless. All right. God bless. Love saying God bless. I'm, I'm stealing. I know that's been around a while. Bleh, that's been around for a while as well, but I'm, I'm taking it as my own. Um, I had to write down the, my like stream of consciousness of how I got to hot chicks and stuff because I that stuff bothers me. I'm like, how did we get here? Um, but basically, kind of backtracking, I was talking about um, anomalies and how it makes me want to study people and how I used to do this when I was in Michigan at the coffee shops. And it was at those coffee shops that I started to appreciate the small things. And that's how I got to that point. And that's also how I want to end the show. Brian from Philly, another $5 on the Super Chat. I'm sorry I lost you, Brian. Even though you did forewarn me and say you were about to lose uh, cell service. So I appreciate the warning. Um, appreciate the small things. I feel like, uh, you know, in, in lieu of Jerry Springer's death, let me leave you with a final thought. Uh, appreciate the small things because those are the things that really add up, really matter. You know, you can you think about the grand gestures in your life, and those are great. You know, that time you went to fucking Aruba or, you know, the guy bought you a new car, whatever the case may be. But it's really the day-to-day things that you should be appreciating and looking forward to, those, those little blissful moments. So appreciate what you have. Don't commiserate on the things you once did have or the things that you want. It's certainly good to try to improve yourself and get to those places. But in the process, make sure you're appreciative of what you have. Because you got to think there's a lot of people out there that would happily trade places with you. Even though that you think that your life sucks in the moment or maybe you lost your job or you got fat or whatever. But... There are millions and millions of people that would instantly trade places with you in your life and, and your and have your problems. So, you know, think about that over the weekend. Uh, Brian Pavilion, another $10. You guys are the best. Making that money. Not for me, but for the company. And I appreciate that because Bubba gives me an attaboy or an girl or an baby, And that makes me feel good. So thank you guys for listening to my ramblings. Have a fantastic weekend. And we'll see you on Monday morning. Goodbye.